Hey, it's Josh Cohen from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. What's up, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Orlando Magic UK podcast, Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, my name's Mikey. As always, I'm joined by Catboy, uh, one of his many nicknames, uh, Mr. Garrett James. Evening, mate. Evening, mate. Hey, what, why the long face, Mikey? What's that? And, anything to do with it's losing, losing little horse. a horse? You sound a little horse, Mikey. No, no, we didn't lose. We didn't finish the game, G. He knows we did. He we knows didn't we finish did. the game. We didn't finish the game. <laughs> Can I just say, G's been purring about his results, about his victory. Has he? I didn't yeah. see any victory. Yeah. Well, what, about, yeah. what, about, what about the victory in Pop Shop, eh? Well, I only had one, one attempt and uh, somebody had three. So, uh, yeah, well done on that, mate. Behave. Well on that. So, uh, we, me, <laughs> me and Geraint and the families went away to Butlins for the weekend and uh, with, with the kids to entertain them. And uh, we got to be kids ourselves for half an hour. So, um, yeah. Um, Mr. Bacon, good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you? All, all well, my friend. All well. Good man, good man. Good stuff. So um, tonight's episode, we are going to be joined shortly by Aaron Goldstein from the Orlando Pinstripe Post. We're going to break down the the draft, which went really, really well for us. We're going to talk about free agency. We're going to talk about the coaching. Uh, there's loads of stuff to get through tonight. So um, first of all, we're going to kick it off by just saying thank you to everybody who come out and joined us on Thursday evening for our draft watch party. Uh, I think we had 25, 30 people for most of the night that joined us. Um, we had Dan Savage, who covers the magic for orlandomagic.com. He joined us and did a bit of a Q&A before. Uh, Kyle from View from the Cheap Seats and Hank Taylor, um, the magic PA announcer for Lakeland, joined us inside the Amway Centre. So we got to see what it was like with the atmosphere that... Uh, as things unfolded, Luke Silvia from the Sixth Man Show joined us. Paolo from Orlando Magic Italia, and then everybody that uh, follows us from from the UK that jumped on as well. So thank you guys for for joining us. Um, unfortunately, Paul couldn't join us for the draft, but for uh, very unfortunately, good uh, prior prior arrangements. Uh, as some of you know, my mum's been uh, unwell, and I'd got to uh, take her to hospital early for a follow-up appointment on the morning so I had to dive out early so thanks for the company everybody but uh sorry I wasn't there for the longer yeah. period it's all good it's all good but we had a good time we had a good time so um bit of up to, uh, a little bit of uh, news just before we jump in with Aaron um there's been a coaching update so obviously the magic hired Jamal Mosley three weeks ago to be the new head coach um shortly after I think just before the draft uh it was announced that um, oh, is, my mind's gone blank now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know where you were going with it. Be- Becky you, Bonner you, and Nate Tibbet. Nate Tibbets. Nate yeah, Tibbets. So Nate Tibbets. Cheers, guys, for bailing me out. Hey, it's I, all right. I have caught up on my sleep now from the weekend. Um, <laughs> so there's no excuses. <laughs> what is it? We're recording it's, it's not just quite short of eight o'clock. It's not quite so, past so my bedtime. Hour for your bedtime, Mikey? Yeah, I'm not far off. But, I know uh, these yeah. late nights are a killer on you, aren't they? Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, come on. Come that, on. That was a great, great little show the uh, Runaway Killers had as well in Butlins on Sunday night. Yeah. You missed out on. I wouldn't know. For those, for I was those staring at the back were, in my eyelids. Yeah, half past nine, Mikey had gone to bed whilst they were at Butlins and missed out on uh, a couple of pints with Garant and uh, a uh, bit of a music show. You didn't get to see the uh, tribute act to the killers, did you, pal? I'm not a Killers fan, so that's my excuse. So, <laughs> so uh, somebody who was what, how far away? What, 200 miles away? Had to keep you company, didn't they, G? Via a yeah, they did. Call. You did. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> hey, one of us has got to be able to stay up beyond half past nine. Hey, I did well when I came to yours a few weeks ago. I managed, you did, I managed to hang on then. You did. I'm just not. Hey, I'm, I'm not. not saying anything. It must be better company. <laughs> well anyway moving on <laughs> right back to the coaching so Nate Tibbetts was was announced as uh, one of the assistants um, and a couple of days ago Jake Fisher 
um, from Bleacher Report um, said that the Magic are in the process of hiring Caleb Kennells and Dale Osborne, along with Magic Director of Player Development and Quality Control, Becky Bonner. So that's probably the biggest news out of all of them is Becky Bonner taking a step up into onto the bench from her current role. And, and maybe it's a step to her becoming a head coach one day. So um, exciting news for uh, for Becky. What guys? What do you yeah. think about the coaching hires? Paul, well, like, just just looking at it, um, the other guys um, that have all been mentioned have all got experience of um, coaching with the Blazers. Mm-hmm. So we know that they've they, they've been good on player development. Um, Jake Fisher did report that. Um, despite it being a varied background of the guys and girls that we're looking at, every one of them has got a strong background in development of players. So we're looking at, we're looking in the right direction. Clearly uh, they know what they want and that is to develop this core of staff that we've got. And they, they are going about it the right way by getting people who know how to look after young, young players and bring them on. Very impressed. G. Yeah, I agree. Straight from the horse's mouth there, Paul. Um, exactly <laughs> as I was going to say. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, horse has nailed it right on. It'd be good to get the uh, coaches uh, straight into the summer league because um, uh, Jamal Mosley, I believe, is going to take care of the team over the summer league period to get accustomed to some of the players. So, you know, let's get them all in uh, and getting to know the players uh, see where the strengths and weaknesses are um, and then just take it you know as a starting point to get to the regular season cool. yeah quite agree yep I, I like as well that um, Nate Tibbetts and uh, Joel Mosley have got that history together as well from the period from the period at uh, Cleveland so there's there's a, a building block to work from from there from, from instantly to start with so well pleased with it well pleased um, so we've obviously got the draft to talk about shortly. Um, quick NBA store plug. Um, so if you want to get the latest magic and NBA gear, make sure you head to the NBA store EU. Um, the descriptions and the links and all of that are in our, in the description in the podcast. Um, make sure you use the, the code magic UK 10 for 10% off. So you can order your Jalen Suggs and Mo Wagner jerseys and pre-order Franz. those hopefully. Franz, mate. Did I say Franz. no? Oh, yeah, you made my mistake earlier when we were talking. <laughs> That's because you've already plugged it. Yeah, my idiocy has rubbed off on you. Well, there's a possible, there is a possibility Mo might come back, so we'll see. But um, yeah. yeah, make sure you put all your stuff in in a shopping trolley. Um, Garen has problem with with trolleys, don't you, mate? Um, we saw that at the weekend. Paul, Here Paul, we did. Paul, oh, Matt, Mike, did. Mikey, Paul's. Mikey, give Gio a break. <laughs> <laughs> no chance so shall I tell Wait, the story you yeah you've got to story, mate so, mate. so, so we're, we're unloading the cars with all up with our luggage and all the other stuff all the kids toys and whatever else doing trips backwards and forwards to, to the lodge and the hotel room and uh, Garrett's working up a sweat he's dripping buckets after like two runs and he's dragging it backwards and he's like, this has got a dodgy wheel. So he swapped it for somebody else who abandoned theirs. This one, he was struggling with that one as well. Anyway, it was only on the last run. He goes, God, this trolley's a bit easier. I was like, yeah, that's because you've just figured out to push the handle down <laughs> that unlocks the wheel when you're pushing the trolley. Oh, dear. Mm. Right, you come down from your high horse now, Mikey. Hey. Hey. <laughs> you can put your horse in your trolley and give it a good push, yeah. mate. Catboy and horse here. What a combo. Oh, dear. You'll have to come you next realize, year, Paul. Yeah, mate, you do realise that you two are, you should not be allowed out with adult, adult supervision. That's fine. Because if Paul goes, it means I can get a bed earlier and you two can hang out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, uh, yeah, so we'll um, we'll jump, um, jump in with Aaron and uh, we're going to break down the NBA draft. And now we welcome in our guest for this week's first time on on the show, uh, Aaron Goldstone from the Orlando Pinstripe Post, who covers the Orlando Magic. Aaron, what's up? Thanks for joining us. 
Good afternoon or good evening, guys, Mikey and G and Paul. Uh, thank you so much for, for having me. Um, I've admired uh, your show over there in the UK from afar, and, and uh, I'm really honored that you guys uh, reached out and, and had me on. So I'm excited to be on here and, and talk Magic Basketball in such an um, exciting time for, for fans with so many young um, players. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we're going to jump thanks straight. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to jump straight into the draft. So before we talk about that, Aaron, what was your hopes heading into draft night for, for the Magic on Thursday? Um, I know this would kind of sound corny, but pretty much exactly you know what happened. I think the, the dream scenario for a lot of Magic fans would be for one of those top, you know, perceived top four guys to fall. But I don't know if, you know, many people actually thought that's something that realistically could happen. Um, you know, when you looked at industry mock drafts and, you know, everybody's opinion, it seemed to be that those first four were said and it was like the worst kept secret around the league that, that Scotty Barnes was somebody that the magic, um, you know, was high on and, and they may have been, but, um, you know, I think Jalen Suggs, you know, somebody with his, his uh, talent, his leadership, you know, somebody that can come in and excite a, a fan base to, to fall to, to number five, to pick five is, you know, just a dream, um, dream situation. You know, I, I wrote in my, my scattering report of Suggs that, that like 99%, he probably won't be there, but if he was um, to hell with the depth chart, right? Don't worry about who plays point guard <laughs> or shooting guard or whatever, you know, you just run that pick to the podium Um you know, or call that in as fast as you can or however that works, because, you know, you have time, you know, to figure all that other stuff out later uh, to get somebody with that kind of magnetism and personality, you know, um, is a huge win is a huge win for the magic. And, you know, I may have been a little bit uh, off of everybody else's uh, view on what the magic should have done with eight, but I, I think uh, Wagner, you know, made perfect sense for the type of player, uh, the magic value and, and for what, you know, they need on the roster. I also really, uh, really like Moses Moody. I was high on him as well, but you know, this was a, a home run draft. This was a home run yeah. draft for the, for the magic. And, um, you know, I don't think they could have come away from last Thursday, looking any, any stronger, you know, you look at all the people around uh, the NBA and the media and how much praise the organization, you know, received uh, for, for, for what they were able to do. Um, you know, it's exciting times besides that second round pick that they traded away again, but that's, uh, you know, that's just nitpicking there a little bit. You, you weren't a fan of that either, G, were you? I wasn't, no. Uh, pick of 33s quite valuable in my eyes you know you can get some someone who's projected possibly in the first round that slips uh, and snag them and I think it was an opportunity to perhaps get a, a two-way kind of a player um, instead you know we get the usual cash in a future second round that we'll probably trade again in a couple of years to 2030 so yeah I'm agreeing with you Aaron so so just to recap the moves that the Magic made on Thursday so uh we all the the top of the draft all all went the way we all expected. We, we saw Kay Cunningham go number one to the Detroit Pistons. We saw uh, J, uh, sorry Green go to two to Houston, and then we saw Evan Mobley go three to Cleveland. At four was the point where it was a bit of a pivotal moment to see which way the Magic might go. Um, obviously, the Raptors shocked us all, taking Scotty Barnes fourth overall. Um, I don't know if you saw Aaron. We had our uh, watch party via Zoom with 25, 30 other Magic fans on on Thursday night, and we all had the same, somewhat delayed reaction because of our feeds. We we're all sort of a few seconds in front or behind. Um, but when uh, it was announced that that Barnes was going forth, I think we were all jumping for joy after that. It was something we were all all super stoked about. Um, so the, it, Suggs was there at five. The Magic took Suggs. Um, He's actually, I don't know if you guys know, he's the cousin of seven-time Pro Bowl Baltimore Ravens linebacker Terrell Suggs, um, who so he's a, a six point four, six foot four point guard. Um, so another one to throw into the mix with Cole Anthony and, and RJ Hampton and, and Markel Fultz when he comes back. Um, at the eighth pick, uh, the Magic decided to go with Franz Wagner, uh, Moe's little brother, six foot nine forward. Um, Aaron's already talked about it. it was a good fit. I think forward 
after Drake after drafting Suggs was the right move. Um, and then the last move, the Magic drafted Jason Preston with the 33rd pick, but traded his rights to the Clippers uh, for cash considerations and a second round pick, which I believe is the 2026 Detroit pick. Um, so it's another one they've they've passed forward. Um, so, Paul, I'm going to ask you first because your reactions were the next day. <laughs> yep. So what did you think when you we saw the news when Suggs went five? I was shocked. And Aaron's actually already said the word that I would use to express how I felt about it. It felt like a win. It just felt like a win for us. Some Somebody who was expected to be top four, who'd been top four all along, came down to us and we we got a player who, let's be fair, is potentially going to be an exceptional backcourt player. You know, everything you read about him, everything you see about him, describes his athletic ability, that he's a floor general, exceptional passing ability, um, cool and calm in possession, tenacious defence and tough as they come. Um, you know, let's hope we can develop his shooting, which I've read is said to be erratic. Sometimes it's fantastic. Other times it's a little less uh, so. So, you know, it was amazing to get. Um, you know, for me, I would I would still have gone with Moses Moody at the eight, um, personally, because I think we need some shooting. However, that being said, looking at the details about Frank Varner, it becomes clear why we've took him. Um, you know, he's supposed to excel defensively. Um, his instincts are said to be really good on a, on offensive plays. Uh, and again, he's got great court vision, you know, so it makes perfect sense. I'm, I was really pleased to see it. Really pleased to see it. I, it just felt I, the thing I, I, I know I said I was, I wouldn't have gone with Wagner, but when we had Josh Cohen on, he was, he was really quite big on Wagner when, we, when he was talking about and doing the scouting. He was really quite up on him. So clearly you've got to go with trust in the front office and they know what they're after. And yeah. um, they've said that this was their guy. So great. I'll, I'll trust them. The other player he was very high on was Zaya Williams, who ended up going 10th, which even now still seems like a massive reach. Um, Aaron, how surprised were you the way we, we all know what we've already talked about Suggs and what he's going to bring when it comes to that eighth pick and, and the picks that shook up around him. So the Magic obviously passed on David Mitchell, James Booknight, Moses Moody. Some of those guys really slipped down. How surprised were you with, with some of those moves on draft night? Yeah, um, you know, certainly surprised. Yeah, I've, I've got to be honest. Um, there are there have been times in my life where it's been more relaxing to just kind of sit back in the living room on the couch and watch the draft. But, you know, this time around, it was the first time in years uh, that, you know, fans were allowed back in Amway Center and the media was allowed back in, in Amway as well. It, it's been since, um, when was the last time I covered the, the draft at Amway? I guess that would have been um, maybe the, the Chuma draft in, in 2019, or maybe it was the, the Bomba draft in 18. But but so when I'm covering the draft there, you know, there there's different, you know, there's moving parts after the Magic make their pick. Uh, you know, Jeff Weltman comes down and talks to us um, this year. Coach Mosley came down to talk to us. And so while that's going on, you're obviously giving them your, your full attention. They're right there in front of you. And so the draft is kind of happening and, and you're kind of checking your phones, um, you know, on, on the corner, you know, of your, out of the corner of your eye. I also went out to the floor at Amway to kind of film the fan reaction when, yeah. when Suggs was picked, because from what I understand, it was kind of a cool moment with the fans that were there that, and the news broke that Toronto was taking Scotty Barnes and then, you know, everybody, you know, the excitement and the energy just built. And by the time I walked out there, you know, the pick was being made and, and people were just going berserk crazy. Um, not as many people, you know, at Amway as, as I thought there would be, but the people that were there were just so excited and so loud and, and stuff like that. So, so I didn't really see after that a whole lot play out like book night slipping or, I mean, I guess the magic were, were, we're close to in a dilemma if they pick Kaminga, maybe at eight. You know, he he was one spot away from falling, and that certainly would have been an interesting decision because 
as you guys know, you know, he was talked about for so long at, at five, but, um, you know, the only guy that I think really I was surprised that the magic passed on was, was Moody. He's got that central Florida connection going to high school at Montverde in central Florida for two years. Um, and uh, he just, to me, seemed exactly like the type of player that's missing yeah. from this roster. There's a little bit of carryover, I guess, and redundancy with Wagner. Um, you know, he's a great player. He does a lot of the same stuff that Jonathan Isaac does. He does a lot of the same stuff that Chumo Kiki does. But that true, like, six foot six, six foot seven, floor spacing, three and D wing, you know, uh, which I think Moses Moody profiles, you know, um, perfectly as – you know, is not really on the roster long-term. Uh, they've got a lot of guards. They've got a lot of bigs. I think he would have fit, but I, they obviously, like Paul just said, they're the experts, right? They obviously saw the upside and the ceiling with Wagner. Um, great defensive player, uh, just brilliant, intelligent player, and he's not going to hurt you. You know, he's not the guy that's going to make the highlights for scoring 25 points a game or pulling down 10 rebounds a game. But he's the kind of player that you see when you watch the playoffs. All these teams have a Franz Wagner. You know, he's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to move the ball. He's going to pass a little bit, rebound a little bit, defend a little bit. And hopefully if his shot continues to, to progress, um, you know, that's a really good, solid rotational pick. Um, <laughs> I think Cole Anthony might have preferred uh, James Booknight because they go way back from AAU and stuff. And, and I know he was – um, you know, he was pretty active on Twitter, but, you know, I, our young guys, they rally around each other. Um, you saw Cole, did you guys see Cole at draft night? He was there and he was so supportive. Um, RJ and Wendell were on the floor at Amway and they were really supportive. And so it's a, it's a really interesting, you know, young group. Um, I know I got off topic there a little bit, but, but things did play out around eight, um, off, off the radar, right? I mean, Josh Primo and, and Zaire Williams, those are guys I did not think would be the lottery picks. Um, well, on your end, what did you guys think as it was playing out uh, as that eighth pick, you know, got a little bit closer? Who did you think the Magic were going to go with? For me, um, a bit like what all you guys have said, uh, Wagner wasn't the guy I was expecting. And if you uh, watch the uh, watch party back, there was a little bit of disappointment amongst the UK uh, crowd, if we're being perfectly honest. Um, Book Knight was probably my preference, but like you said, Moody, Mitchell, uh, there was a, a plethora of uh, players that we could have, you know, picked and who'd come in and make an impact for us. But like you guys have also said, Wagner seems to to fit the mould of what we require, uh, almost in like that Hedo Turkoglu kind of style, crafty European, uh, understand spacing well, cutting. Um, so it'd be interesting to you know put him on the floor with with a Mark L. Fultz, uh, who can see those passes uh, and the easy buckets that you know that can be had. So in light of um, all the other players, Wagner was probably the right pick uh, in terms of position. For, for us, in my opinion. I've got to tell you, it, I don't know whether any of you saw it, but there was one guy um, I saw really bemoaning the magic about um, picking Wagner and criticising. There he was constantly saying, why the hell didn't you take um, Kaminga? Why didn't you take Kaminga? Why didn't you take Kaminga? And eventually somebody went on and put, dude, Steve Kerr took him the go before. How can we do that? And it just totally, you could see that this guy, this keyboard warrior just went, Sean bother then. <laughs> He's really been really going at the team for not taking Kaminga at eight. Yeah, he went at seven, mate. There's an interesting draft for the for the Warriors as well, wasn't it? And you think they ended up with Kaminga and Moody, which was two of the players that yeah. we thought we were probably gonna have our eye on. Um I'm the same. That was who I said. Yeah, that's they, when when we were asked around on draft night who who we thought we were taking. They were the two I thought we were taking. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm the same as Aaron. I, I, you guys know I wanted Moses Moody with that eighth pick. It didn't happen. But um, like I said, trust the front office. They they absolutely they know what they do and they they know how to to put a roster together. Um, we've already made a, a, our first sign in, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, there was plenty of options. I mean, there was players there that you thought maybe like Alper and Sungoon who went 16th. That might've been another option. 
Um, but I think with Wendell and um, and Mo at the, at the at the five, he might not have had the playing time that they would have wanted the the first year players to have got. Um, yeah, I think it shook out how we wanted. Um, like I said, the initial reaction when when it was announced was a bit of oh, but I think once we see him on the court and playing with this group, because this group already seems like they've got a lot of chemistry. They've got um, there's some really some really good characters in the, in the locker room that are going to mesh well together, um, and I think we're going to see a really fun group play together. I do think that uh, the eighth to... was one. Sorry, I'm gone. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. Uh, before no, cool. I, I forgot, you know, a point that that Jeeb, you know, made where he said he was relatively surprised with with Franz. Um, kind of interesting story. The the potential draft picks do like. Uh, you know, Zoom media opportunities on Monday and Tuesday prior to the draft. And, you know, they line them up all day long for 20 minute slots or whatever. And I was kind of listening in, but doing other things. And, and uh, when it was Franz's turn, um, you know, one of the questions that a lot of these prospects got was, you know, who did you work out for? You know, which teams did you visit? Which teams did you work out for? And he was adamant, um, you know, even before the recording started, you know, I'm not going to answer who I worked out for, you know, he, and that was, that was different. I, I think Bogner and, and Evan Mobley were the only two that did that, that said, you know, I'm not going to disclose, you know, per my agent who I worked out for. And it was kind of a, a you know, a, a given, I think that he had received a silent promise or a promise, whatever you want to call it from somebody inside the top 10. And, um, you know, a lot of people thought that was Sacramento at, at nine. Uh, that's where they had Franz going. Um, but Sorry about that. But, uh, I, you know, they didn't get an opportunity to pick Franz. And maybe they did have a, a promise with him in nine because they went Mitchell, which was kind of surprising as well. So um, I always kind of had a feeling from, from that moment, it was just odd that, that Orlando was in on Franz just because, you know, there was a little bit of secrecy there. I asked Jeff Waldman right after the draft, did you, did you have a chance to bring him in? And, and he didn't want to get into that. He kind of deflected and said that's – behind the scenes stuff I don't really want to talk about. So, so, um, you know, I don't know what went on there, but, but, um, you know, it certainly was an interesting pick. Uh, the, the fans at Amway, yeah, you know, some people were like, just so excited from Suggs. They were like, okay, yeah, fine. That, that's good. And, you know, some others were just like, ah, I, I kind of wanted Moody. Um, you know, he's better. Franz is better than Mo and, and that's no shade of Mo. He's in the NBA, but, but, you know, I think people see Mo Wagner who did a pretty solid job with the magic last year, you know, kind of an audition role, but, but they think, you know, Franz is, is like Mo and, and he's not, he's a completely different player, um, completely different ceiling and upside. Um, but I just wanted to kind of share that tidbit because I thought that was, that was interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. Mm. It is. I, I I think it actually leads on to what I was going to say. I think that the 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 pick of Franz is actually one that it we've had it before where we've we've hired people, we've brought people in that you less you don't necessarily look at news and go that's really exciting, that's really exciting, really pleased with that. Some of these developments that we have as a team are about development, and when you start looking at them. It doesn't grab you straight away, but when you start looking at them, they make a lot of sense and become really, really interesting picks. Um, you know, nobody was excited at James Ennis coming in. The guy did a great job for us. They, this front office know what they're doing. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to go with their knowledge, their experience and their vision and see where it goes. Give the guy a chance on the court. Definitely. So, Aaron, how would you grade the Magic's draft? Um, well, I did a, a kind of a, a next day piece where I did grade the draft. Um, Suggs, A-plus, obviously. I mean, they're really yeah. – I think all five of us could have made that same pick, right? There wasn't really a lot of drama once he fell, but, you know, they didn't overthink it and they took Suggs, so that's an A-plus. Um, you know, I gave the – the Wagner pick an A, not an A plus, just because like we just, you know, not to, to beat a dead horse, but but I did prefer Moody, but he would have been maybe my one B pick, Wagner. So that was another very solid and promising pick. Mm -hmm. um, I gave their overall draft an A minus because of that 33rd pick. You know, that's 
what, three years out of five, four years out of, yeah, three years out of five that, that um, you know, this, this front office has kind of punted uh, on, on second round picks. And, you know, I don't want to overreact, you know, second round picks, um, you know, they don't have a pretty high hit rate, but, but like you said, G at 33, I mean, unless you're picking at 31 or 32 at 33, you're not going to get better value in the second round. And you're going to yeah. get uh, a guy that that is there on the board that probably should have been a first round pick. And, and, you know, the magic have Lakeland, you know, the whole point, you know, I thought of bringing that G league team Lakeland to, or to central Florida is to be able to shuttle players, uh, you know, back yeah. and forth and build a program. And, and so to, to always dismiss these second round picks and say, well, we already have a young roster. Okay. That's true. Um, we already have a lot of guaranteed contracts. Okay. That's true. But, but you still have two way contracts. You still have your G league. You still have some flexibility to make that pick rather than punt it. And the likelihood that down the road in 2026, 2028, you know, whatever year where that kid is in seventh grade right now, and he's going to be drafted <laughs> by the magic, you know, that is likely not going to be as good as the 33rd pick in this, in this draft. So, so I, I, that's a hard one for me to spin any other way, but again, we're, we're nitpicking a little bit. So that drove my grade for the magic down to like an A minus, um, you know, every draft class, you find these guys at the end of the bench that, that were picked in the second round that have nice careers, you know, the, the magic of passed on shake Milton and Gary Trent jr. And, Mitchell Robinson and all of these really solid NBA players in the second round, Dylan Brooks, some Memphis and, and, you know, eventually those kind of picks have to be, be made, especially for a team that doesn't attract a lot of top tier free agents to Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Was there anybody in that 33 range that was still on the board that you would, you thought would have been a great pick for the magic? Yeah. So, I mean, I really like Miles McGride from West Virginia, but again, he was another point guard. And now, you know, the Magic have so many point guards, but but that was just great value. Um, Jared Butler from Butler, uh, Jared Butler from Baylor was was there. You know, another really solid player, I think. Um, JT Thor from Auburn, but but the one that I probably would have picked um, is Charles Bassey from from Western Kentucky. Um, you know, he he was a three year guy at Western Kentucky. He's a center, six foot eleven huge shot blocker, huge rebounder, played really well against power five schools. And even if you just kind of sent him to Lakeland and shuttled him back and forth for a year, um, both Wendell Carter Jr. and Mobamba are free agents at the end of next season. So I think that would have been an opportunity to get a big in the second round and, and, and develop them for a year or two and see if you have at least a backup on your hands. And he was just, like I said, ultra productive per minute, you know, score, rebounder, shot blocker in college, um, former top 10 high school recruit as well that went to Western Kentucky. So that's probably who I would have went with. I think he went to Philadelphia in like the fifties range. Charles um, Massey went 53. Yeah. yeah. to Philly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after the magic draft, uh, Suggs and, Wagner, the Magic now have nine players that are age 23 or younger. So that goes with Foltz, Isaac, Bamba, Carter Jr., uh, Cole Anthony, Chuma Okiki, and RJ Hampton. So really the next uh, the next phase, which has already started as we speak, is free agency and bringing in some vets to, to start mentoring some of these young players. Um, just before we jumped on the podcast... Um, Adrian Wojnarowski, I can never say his name properly, uh, reported that the Magic have signed centre Robin Lopez to a one-year, five million dollar contract. Um, so to help fill in that that backup centre role um, and add some depth there. So, guys, what's your thoughts? I'll start with Aaron. What's your thoughts on on Robin Lopez? Is he the right kind of signing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, you know, covering a, a team, you know, it gets a little redundant sometimes in press conferences and, and he's already a guy I feel like is going to liven things up and, and keep things loose. Um, and that's got to go for the locker room as well. Um, you know, I haven't been able to get into the locker room in over a year because of, of COVID issues and you know, all of our interviews and press conferences and stuff have been on zoom, but you know, I'm assuming that that's a locker room of of tight knit you know tight knit young players, but but Robin Lopez brings a, a different dynamic. You know he's 
famously always like messing with mascots and, you know, he's really hamming it up all the time for the media and for fans. And, and I think just for himself and his teammates to keep things loose. Um, you know, he's a pretty good player. He's, he's a perfect fit. I think Mikey, because, you know, he could play in a pinch, you know, because it's not like Mo or Wendell Carter Jr. Haven't had injury problems in the past, So he could play in a pinch and he's perfectly fine doing that. I mean, he had a nice year for the wizards last year, but he's also somebody that can kind of just be that veteran presence behind the scenes. If he's not playing, I don't think that's going to change his approach. Um, he's somebody you could flip at the trade deadline because I believe it's just a one-year deal pretty easily. Yeah. You can flip and get something for him. And, um, you know, he loves Walt Disney World <laughs> being in Orlando. So I think it's a win-win, uh, you know, for everybody. Do you think – Yes. Sorry, G. I was just going to say, do you, do you see him – possibly making Mo and when they were in their minutes more, or do you just think he's going to be the end of the bench sort of veteran? What do you, how do you see the magic using him? I don't know. I mean, I don't know exactly. I don't know what coach Mosley's approach is going to be as far as that delicate balance between young guys and veterans and, and who, you know, is going to get what, I mean, obviously with a new coaching regime, you're going to want everybody to earn their minutes and things like that, but they've also been talking a lot in the organization about alignment and everybody being on the same page. So I'm going to think that means, you know, give all the, the young players uh, a chance, um, you know, but, but whether it's his hook shot or whether it's, you know, position in the paint or on the block, you know, there's a lot that Robin Lopez can provide Mo and, and Wendell Carter Jr., either on the floor, you know, by, by modeling or, or just in practice, you know, by, by teaching. And so, so um, if I had to guess, I would say he's probably the third center, but he's perfectly, you know, capable of competing with, with Mo for, for those backup minutes. I was going to ask if anybody actually thinks that um, he could edge Mo out and that this could be Mo Swanson. I, I saw it, I was asked in, uh, we've got a group on Twitter for UK fans. And that was one of the first things that was asked by somebody in there to say, do we think this is the end of Mo? Yeah, not for me. He's in, he's in there I for agree. locker room presence to, to bring the guys along, veteran of the league, knows how things are done, how to carry yourself. Um, I'm sure Steph's uh, probably the most excited person on the Magic <laughs> roster to have a bit of fun with him. Because uh, they've got previous, haven't they? <laughs> um, no, but yeah, like Aaron said, he's in there to, to bring that locker room leadership um, uh, and to basically teach the guys the ways of the NBA and how to conduct himself. Yeah. Yeah. But can Aaron, can I just ask you, um, with Germany being eliminated today in the Olympics, from the basketball tournament and Mo Wagner having had a decent competition. He's played quite well, Germany. Do you think that um, with us having picked Franz up, that it's somebody that the Magic might look to re-sign to uh, help Franz along and also provide backup at the centre? Obviously, that was before we signed Robin. Absolutely. Yeah, Paul, absolutely. I'm, I, I think that's probably in Orlando's best interest, right? Um, for, for nothing else to make... Franz, you know, his younger brother, a little bit more comfortable. Um, I don't know. I'm not like privy to their relationship or anything. They're the, those kind of inner workings, but I'm going to assume as long as they're brothers that, you know, um, enjoy being around one another, that that would be a huge, you know, um, opportunity for the magic to, you know, support their investment. They invest a top 10 pick in Franz Wagner. Why not for his first year or two in the NBA, you know, have somebody, you know, in his family, have his brother in that locker room to kind of help, with that transition to the NBA. And it's not like, you know, uh, Mo Wagner can't play, you know, I mean, if you're talking about a 14th or 15th guy in the roster, I think he showed last year that he could provide um, some size, some shooting, you know, he can bounce around uh, because his three point shot has improved. You know, he can bounce around between the four and the five on the floor. And, and so, you know, remember uh, Jonathan Isaac, you know, we're all assuming he's going to be able to, to, back and be you know the J.I. of old but I'm not sure he's you know cleared for full contact or anything close to that yet and um, you know it's it's not going to hurt to have some more depth you know uh, in the front court and uh, you know again if it's just going to going to help Franz for me that's enough to sign him uh, Mo Wagner to a to a one or, or even the you know one 
uh, year with a, a team option second year something yep. type deal um, to make all parties comfortable and, and happy and, and kind of increase the chances of your investment uh, with Franz uh, hitting. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much where I would come from. I would fully agree with you. Fully agree with you. So, guys, is there any other free agents that you've still got your eye on that you think the Magic might go after? I know Dwayne Bacon's still got a team option of 1.8 million, which I believe if he's still on the roster come Monday, then that deal is now guaranteed for the rest of the season. So, Aaron, have you got any other any other players you, you've got your eye on still, potentially? I don't think so, guys. I mean, Robin kind of stole my thunder because he really would have been the one that I... Uh... I suggested if if that news didn't break before we we went on here, um, you know, to me it kind of made a lot of sense with with, with Robin just because he's somebody that's so respected around the league. He'd be easy to to trade to a contending team at the deadline and, and get a second round pick uh, back to the second round pick, get, you know, get some sort of asset for, but also you know that that valuable you know modeling and teaching. So. Besides that, it's it's so hard to answer, Mikey, because you don't know. It's a two-way street, right? So you could say yeah. the Magic needs to sign veterans, which of course they do, right? They, they've got such a young team. But you don't know from the veterans' point of view, you know, who's willing to come to a team that clearly is rebuilding. And, and nobody's going to say the quiet part out loud. Nobody's going to say they don't want to win because, of course, professionals want to win. But, you know, what type of – veteran is going to voluntarily come to a situation where you have 25, uh, you know, you've got nine 25 year olds and, you know, you're a long way away from competing, you know, everybody at, at the, that stage of their career, you know, the, I mean, I looked at the lists, the Jared Dudley's, the Wesley Matthews, the Rudy Gay's like those people at those kind of stage of their career, JJ Redick, you know, mid thirties, late thirties, Paul Millsap, they want to, latch on with a winner. Of course, they want to yeah. latch on with a team that that's going to make the playoffs and, and contend for a championship. And, and so that's not who Orlando is right now. Um, it's not the worst place in the world to live, right. With, with weather and, you know, with, with all sorts of family amenities, but it's hard to predict who the magic should get because it's hard to predict what veterans out there would want to actually come to the situation the magic are in which is a nice future situation, but but presently for somebody in their mid to late thirties, maybe not the, the best situation. Yeah. I, I, for me, it does feel this, this free agency that um, we are almost waiting for other teams that are going to be contenders to fill their rosters with the players that have, that they've got interest in. So somebody like, I know we, we all found, we would all like to see JJ or Paul Millsap join the team for the shooting side of things, but they're going to be, they're going to have interest from other teams first. Um, I think we're going to be waiting for those positions to become filled. So as the other guys are still looking for contracts before we actually pick anybody up. Hence why I don't think we were that active uh, yesterday. And it's also finding that balance of players that aren't going to take playing time away from the young core as well, yeah. isn't it? So, so, this year we've got summer league returning, something we didn't have last year because of the plague, pandemic, COVID, whatever you want to call it. Um, so summer league returns uh, next week. I believe it's on Monday the eighth that it that it tips off in Las Vegas. Um, the Magic are going to be one of the teams that that fly out there. Um, yesterday they announced that Cole Anthony, R.J. Hampton, Jalen Suggs, and Franz Wagner will all be part of the Magic Summer League roster, which I believe has 20 players on it. Um, we've also got Ignis Brzdikas, um, who was part of the Magic roster towards the end of last season. He's going to be involved. Um, Justin Jackson, who was a former Magic draft pick a few years back, he's going to be involved, plus a handful of players from Lakeland as well. Um, so the Magic uh, tip-off. Sorry, it's the 9th of August uh, against Golden State, which is a 1 a.m. tip-off over here. Um, then we play the Cleveland Cavaliers on the 11th of August, which is 11 p.m. at the Boston Celtics on the 12th, which is a midnight tip-off, and the Houston Rockets, which should be a fun game against uh, Mr. Green. Um, and that is a 1 a.m. tip-off on the 15th of August. Um, every team plays four games. The two teams with the best records from the four games will meet in the final on Tuesday, the 17th of August. 
and the 28 teams that don't play in the final will play a fifth game either on the 16th or 17th of August. So everybody excited for Summer League? Are the Magic one of the favourites? What do you guys think? Yeah, you'd like to think so. With that roster, um, there's a lot of talent there, a lot of first-year players keen to prove prove their worth, uh, bring these rookies along. Uh, there's a couple of other um, talented teams as well. I think the Charlotte Hornets comes to mind. Um, I don't know if uh, Lamelo's going to play, but they've got a, a couple of good rookies as well. So you'd like to think, you know, get the coaching staff in, like I mentioned earlier, um, hit the ground running, uh, get these players accustomed to the new playbooks, new play sets that the coach wants to, to play and, um, yeah, get them out there. Like you said earlier, I, I, I really love that um, Jamal Mosley is going to be taking control of the team for the early part of the tournament yeah. um, just to get that little bit of a, an in with some of the young players. I think that's fantastic. One guy that I do think is interesting in our lineup is Giannis Timmer. I don't know. I've probably mispronounced his name um, <laughs> as usual, but he's been playing. He's played for the Latvian national team. He's uh, played in various European leagues. Um, we've had him on our, we've had the rights to him since 2015. Um, and 29 year old, very tough defensive wing player. Um, so he could be interesting. That could be an interesting opportunity to to see what he can do. Um, actually bringing somebody in that we've had the rights to for quite some time but never brought in. Yeah. Aaron, how important... So forget Jalen Suggs and uh, Wagner for a second. How important is Summer League for Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton this season? Because that's something they both missed out on last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for all rookies last year that missed out on summer league and, and had kind of a truncated, abbreviated um, training camp. <clears throat> uh, excuse me, training camp. The you know this this summer in summer league. You know, not just games because you know you kind of have a mini training camp, a, a week or so of practices leading up to Vegas. You know, it's all so important. It's important for Cole and RJ. It's also important for Orlando's new coaching staff. So. Um, it truly is kind of, you know, a starting point in this new, this new course for the the franchise. Um, I agree with, with Paul. I think it's, it's great for, for fans to get a, a look at coach Mosley, you know, coaching the team and, and, and that'll be probably for the first few games of the, the tournament. Um, you know, the, the magic don't always keep some of their top guys in summer league the entire time. So I wouldn't be surprised if Cole or even Cole and RJ just play a game or two and then that's it. You know, they've pulled Victor Oladipo and they've pulled Aaron Gordon and they've pulled Mobamba in the past, but just going through practice and being on the floor, getting used to playing with uh, Jalen Suggs and with, with Franz and, and that kind of stuff, it's going to be, it's going to be big. Um, you know, not only did those guys, Cole and RJ, not get a training camp last year, not get a summer league, but, you know, RJ was acquired in the middle of the season. And so there was very little practice time, you know, involved. Um, you know, everybody just hit the ground running. And so it'll be a nice way to collectively take a breath and, and kind of regroup and get used to one another on the floor. It'll be nice to see how much RJ has grown both in his game and physically, you know, there's a lot of rumors out there that he's like six, seven now. And, and, you know, I don't know what these guys in their late growth spurts, I don't know what's going on here. I never hit that three or four or five inch growth spurt in my, you know, twenties, but um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be really exciting to see them on the floor. Um, you know, at least at the beginning of summer league in Vegas and see how they compare to, to, Golden State right off the bat, right? Moses Moody, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, um, you know, and some of those other young players, Jalen Green and everybody else in Summer League. Go on, G. Oh, right. I thought you were going to say, well, the preseason <laughs> games, right? <laughs> That's all right. So, so um, Aaron, how do you see the Magic Guard rotation at the beginning of next season with the addition of Suggs? Um, to the returning Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, Michael Carter-Williams and a healthy Markel Fultz. How do you see it panning out? Uh, I don't know. You know, my guess is as good as yours is, G. Um, Galen Suggs is, is going to 
he's going to be on the floor. I don't know what position he's going to be playing. You know, I think that was one of the enticing things about him is he has the size and the athleticism to play on or off the ball. And he did both of those at Gonzaga. Um, you know, I, I was, I don't know about you guys. I was a little surprised. Some of these reports, you know, that, that came out that Marco Fultz might be ready for training camp and that, that he's really close. Um, you know, he did suffer that, that knee injury in like late December, early January of this past year. And so, you know, everybody, you know, heals and recovers differently, but, but that was, um, that was surprising to me. You know, I, I still think that, that, I don't know. I, I just, I wouldn't rush him. You know, he's such a long-term investment and um, you know, the last thing you want to do for a team that's not expected to to compete anyways is, is rush Markel back. But, you know, Markel is going to be in the mix and, and Markel is a point guard. You know, he doesn't have necessarily the, the shot to play off the ball, but he certainly has the length and defensive versatility to play, you know, the defensive shooting guard position. So you've got two guys in, in Markel and, and Jalen that can kind of go back and forth, I guess, in theory. Um, and then what's interesting, G, is that, you know, Cole Anthony, even though his size is is the size of a point guard, his game is more of an off guard, you know, shooting the basketball. And so I feel like there could be some really interesting matchups where, we, you know, backcourt pairings where, where you know, maybe like, um, you know, Markel plays the one on, on offense, the two on defense, Cole, vice versa. And, and, you know, I think they really probably the magic would be best, you know, to explore three guard lineups. You know, the NBA is going smaller. They're going more athletic. You know, get as many lineups, you know, on the court where you've got three guards, where you can get RJ and Gary Harris and, and Terrence Ross on the floor with Markel and with Jalen together. Um, and I, I don't think you're giving up too much defensively there. You know, you you would have to play the matchups, right? I don't think any of those guys can stop – uh, LeBron James or Kevin Durant or something like that, but, but who can, right? So, so try to get some three guard lineups on the floor. And uh, this is an evaluation year, the whole year, just see what you have, you know, the, the lineups and the depth charts are going to be fluid. You know, you might have to be a little bit open-minded about, you know, those kind of positions and, and who, who's where, but you really want to see those guys on the floor with one another. Um, you know, because of injuries, you know, there's guys on the magic that have never played with Markel before. There's guys in the Magic that have never played with Jonathan Isaac before, and so you just want to get them out there and see what you have. And and uh, you know we got a lot of versatile people on the the roster the Magic do, so that's that's always a good thing. Yeah, no fair comment. Yeah. You think it's hard to see Michael Carter Williams getting minutes this season? I think you need him in there though, just to. Um... You know, you're looking at Kyle Lowry going to Miami. We're going to have to face Miami four times. We're going to have to deal with his shenanigans. You need a Michael Carter-Williams in there just to sort of um, almost protect them. Do you know what I mean? And he's a great locker room guy. Um, so for me, you keep Michael Carter-Williams, give him some time. Whilst the shooting isn't, you know, the best, but his defense um, far excels, you know, probably anybody else on the perimeter for us. Yeah, and and you could always slot him in at the three in, in small minutes as well, can't you? Um, to, to if you're playing, say Cole and Hampton together, you could play Mike, Michael with those guys as well. We'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, um, no, I, I thought what Aaron said about faults as well. I think is interesting because it's something that the Magic don't really put timelines on players when it comes to coming back from injuries. I mean, I think I saw uh, J.I. was interviewed a couple of days ago and he's still coming up with the same answer. I've got no timeline when I'm coming back. For, so for John Hammond to turn around and say, we're hoping he's going to be back for, for the start of the season, I think was quite um, an eye-opener. An eye opener. Um, but yeah, exciting. We've got an exciting season. Even if it doesn't translate to many wins, Um We'll see. I, I still think with the with the East the way it is, we can't. There's no reason why things don't shake out the right way. Yeah. We can't be competitive to even possibly sneak into the playing tournament or at least be in and around that spot towards the end of the season. But there's a lot of work to be put in uh, between now and then. Um, so today, uh, the Magic announced uh, four preseason games, uh, which starts on the fourth of October at the Boston Celtics. Uh, that's a 12.30 uh, a.m. tip-off in the UK. Uh, we're then at the Pelicans on the 6th of October, which is a 1 a.m. tip-off before two games at home 
against the Spurs and Celtics on the 10th and 13th of October. So uh, we got summer league straight into training camp. Then we got preseason, and then hopefully something more of a normal season will uh, will play out this year. Aaron, how how are you hoping this season plays out? First of all, how did last season play out for you? Because I know you said you haven't been in and around the locker room and the players for a little while. Is that something that you're hoping is going to start coming back in in the next couple of months? Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard any word from the NBA or from the Magic as far as, as you know, things going back to, to pre-COVID, going back to normal. Um, you know, unfortunately, in Central Florida, you know, COVID, uh, you know, infection rates are kind of going back up. And, and that, that trend that, you know, we all were enjoying that the trend down for a little while is kind of reversed this summer. And so... I don't know, you know, it's just so hard for any of us to predict what, you know, the world's going to look like by the time even, you know, the next NBA season rolls around. For the last, well, I mean, obviously in the bubble, you know, at Disney, you know, I had no access, none of us did, you know, other than than Zoom, um, you know, meetings. This past year, I was able to cover games at Amway Live. I just couldn't go in the locker room or in the interview room where, where coaches hold meetings. Everything was still on Zoom. Um, I live in Daytona Beach, so that's about an hour from Orlando. So, you know, depending on what I had going on, you know, there were some games I went to and covered live. There were some games I just kind of covered from home, you know, because I could, you know, I could just watch and, and you know, tune into the, the press briefings on Zoom. So I haven't heard, honestly, any different, you know, as far as returning back to normal. I think the NBA is probably, you know, very much in kind of a, a wait and see you know, mode of, of where, you know, things are going to be at uh, next season. I would certainly love to, to, to get back to normal, but you know, they've got to, the league's got to protect players and coaches and, and, you know, so locker room access and those kind of things, it's still very much, you know, um, to be determined. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear that. We're having some work done at our house. Sorry. <laughs> There's like a drill or something going on back there. Um, I've been like the worst guest. My daughters were like in the background. Somebody rang the doorbell, my phone rang. But I got to ask you guys while I'm thinking. Uh, so for these games, for Magic games, you know, they, I mean, those are some late nights for you guys. I know, I'm sure you probably answer this all the time, but, you know, do you watch them live in the morning? Do you DVR and record and watch them in the morning? You know, how does that, how does that usually work for you guys? Usually NBA League Pass, so we get the, yeah. the chance to either watch it live Um I'm not one for staying up, as these two know. <laughs> I like my beauty sleep, so uh, I usually get up early before work, five, half or five o'clock the next morning, and watch the games on replay on League Pass before uh, before heading off to work for the day. But I can't go to work not knowing the score and having to wait to the end of the day to then watch a game. So otherwise, you're 24 hours behind, and then the next game's on. And uh, yeah, but that that's usually how it works out for me. Yeah, um, but it, it, all, it all depends, really, doesn't it? If it's an East Coast game, we're quite lucky with the Magic that the seven uh, Eastern tips are a midnight tip. So you can get a game and you can get to bed by half past two. Uh, but if it gets any later, Central Time or any West Coast trip, you kind of think, right, that's one for tomorrow morning uh, and wait for the uh, the game to appear on League Pass there. But there's a, there's a hardcore bunch that really stay up for every game uh, in our UK Magic community group and uh, West yeah, Games, be, uh, West, West, yeah, West, West say it doesn't yeah. Well. And to them, it, to them, it doesn't matter where the game is, what time it tips off, they will stay up and watch the whole thing. Um, incredible dedication, some of the guys have got. I'm, I'm not that person. Um, I have to be honest. Um, particularly last season, um, with the because a lot of the entertainment wasn't happening during timeouts and the like, which you get when you're watching on League, league Pass. Um, as It was just normal film clips and different highlight reels and stuff. So I, I really didn't watch many games last, last season. Um, when it's more of the presentation of the, you, the stuff that you get in the arena, then I'll perhaps watch one or two more live because um, there's a little bit of something happening. I'll also spend time talking with uh, a couple of friends that are employees of the Magic and during the game. So they, they like it when I do stay up as well. But I, last season, I didn't. 
Um, we'll see this year. We'll see. But I'm, I'm a man of leisure. I'm retired, so I can uh, cope with. I can I can have a lay in the following morning if I do stay up. <laughs> One thing we do hope for when the season schedule eventually gets released is we get some early tip-offs because one thing we've wanted to do for a few years is have a couple of watch parties throughout the season over here whether it's London or Birmingham or somewhere like that somewhere central where everybody can sort of convene together and and watch the game something we haven't had the chance to do yet so um hopefully that will that will happen soon we love we love the uh period when it gets the daylight saving when you you guys go on to the daylight saving um, because the time difference is only four hours then. So um, <laughs> you do to find that pretty much everybody is stopping up and watching the games then at that point when we've got an East Coast game. Yeah. Aaron, before before uh, before we wrap up, um, I know you were at the draft party on Thursday and we were talking about like the access and all that sort of stuff. Am I right in thinking the press conference rooms beginning to open back up again for, for press to go into... Yeah, so that's where our, that's where we were at for um, you know draft night on Thursday. The media was in the interview room, and that's where Jeff Weldman and, and Coach Mosley came down to. And so um, that was actually the first time we had held like a live interview in that room since you know pre-COVID, since you know early in in two thousand twenty. Um, so so that was that was nice. You know, you, you're you're right. That was nice. Um, but again, I, I'm just, it's, I guess to give you a quick, a really quick kind of background on, on my story of how this all came to be, um, you know, I grew up here in, uh, in Central Florida and I was, uh, you know, a Magic fan since 1989, since day one. Um, you know, I went to college at UCF, which is in Orlando. And so I was always kind of around the team and, and went to a lot of games, you know, especially when I was at UCF and stuff like that. Um, but, but writing for me was never really something I thought was going to happen. I am a, a high school teacher. I've been a high school teacher for 14 years, um, you know, and, and I found this, this website, Orlando Pinstripe Post, and, you know, there weren't a lot of, of diehard Magic fans in my family and friends group that, you know, could talk Magic 24-7. You know, I could talk Magic and they would just kind of tune me out. So to be able to read articles and, and eventually start writing articles for this website, you know, was, was like, you know, the coolest thing ever. And so I turned this, this hobby writing, you know, for Orlando Pinstripe Post SB Nation into, you know, something, you know, it's gone from a hobby to, to really just something so much bigger than that in my life. And I wouldn't be able to do it if my wife wasn't so completely understanding and, and amazing because I am gone a decent amount during the season. But, uh, you know, I, I'm in the interview rooms. I'm, I'm meeting these incredible players and coaches and other media members. And it's just such a cool, you know, opportunity for somebody that was, I got to get out of my, in my head that I'm a magic fan because I, I'm all about professionalism and covering things fairly. And so when I'm there, I'm not a fan. I'm just kind of there and, and telling a story, but it is cool. Me growing up being a magic fan, you know, now being able to be around the Brian Hills and the Nick Andersons and the Bo Outlaws and these people are everywhere. And, um, you know, it, it is, you know, it is awe inspiring and it's just such a cool, uh, opportunity to, to be there and experience. Is it hard going to games though, covering the team? Do you have to sit on your hands? <laughs> so you don't get too <laughs> it, excited. It, I, yeah, I can see that. I, I can see, um, you know, that, that, difficulty of of wanting to stand up and cheer and, and forgetting for a second and, and being that fan i mean i think everybody that covers the team generally wants to see the team do well right and and so you got to find that balance between you know being excited for players or coaches or a team doing well versus you know being fair and as a as a media member you know writing accurately and not being a homer or whatever but um you know i, I don't think it's completely unprofessional for somebody in the media to want to be excited that a team does well. I mean, the further they go in the playoffs or something, the, the more you're, you're working. Right. So, and, and so in that sense, you, you get to experience, you know, that side of it and, you know, covering the playoffs for a couple, a couple of years, you know, against Toronto and Milwaukee was, was a great uh, experience, you know, to see why and, you know, Kyle Lowry and that group come through. And at that point we didn't know they were going to go on to win the championship that year. So, so the magic gave them, you know, a relatively strong fight that year in the first round. And so that was a great experience. And, and it is, it is difficult to kind of 
of not cheer sometimes, but like my magic, you know, or the Shaq, Penny, Dwight, uh, you know, Jameer, like the, those, those guys. And so now I can kind of put that in my past and, and these, these magic players, you know, hopefully can, can be just as exciting, but you know, I'm covering them now from a different, from a different angle, right. It's not necessarily a fan, but it, but it's just, um, you know, as a member of the media, it's a great, it's been a great experience. Guys, what you were saying about um, your, your wife being so understanding. This is when you can talk magic for 24 hours a day. This is why we started this, because we just didn't want to bore the other halves. Um, you know, because, hey, we can talk, we will talk magic ad infinitum. And uh, the, the wives do get a little bit fed up about it at times. But uh, even though they are all fans, they are all into it. They do come to the games with us. And and I don't know if uh, Joe and Amy were the same. Thursday night when I went to bed, Becky, Becky's looked at her phone to make sure what sort of mood I'm going to be in before we get in. Because <laughs> you throw yourself in in a strop or uh, slide in happily. Or, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But uh, Aaron, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate your time and uh, sharing some of your wisdom and... and uh, and insight into to some of these magic players and, and what we got going forwards. Um, I think it's going to be a much more exciting season. Um, I think the magic are on the right path now. Um, I think you, we'd all agree with that. And uh, yeah, we're hopefully recording our next episode on Saturday. We sort of crammed everything in tonight because we were away, me and Garrett were away at the weekend. So uh, we've had some catching up to do with, with uh, all the stuff that's been going on since, since last week. But uh, yeah, if for, for the latest news, make sure you go to uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and follow us at Orlando Magic UK. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and YouTube by searching Penny for your thoughts um, and visit our website, orlandomagicuk.com. So until next week, guys, go magic. <laughs>